Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Today on the show, we've got Brian Head as our guest. We had a great interview. He's a 20-year veteran in real estate investing in Texas and also has a corporate career. Uh, but most of his investing had been in the single-family space, and he's relatively new to the multifamily space, but has made tremendous strides in a relatively short period of time. And so we're going to dive into his journey, um, his progression, getting into multifamily, how he's doing deals now, and I think it'll be instructive for you guys listening uh, on how he's built his business, whether you're an aspiring operator or a passive investor, whatever the case is, Brian's a great guy, great story, and a great journey that he was able to share with us today. Uh, before we jump into the episode, if you are not currently on the DJE investor list and you want to see our future projects, you can go to djetexas.com to uh, sign up for a consultation or get access to our portal and our projects. And if you're looking for a mentoring group to accelerate your apartment investing success, check out apartmenteducators.com. There's a free video course there that I teach that would be really helpful um, in your journey as you progress in your apartment investing. And if you're looking for a group to plug into, we also have that available at apartmenteducators.com. All right, let's jump into the episode with Brian Head of Head Start Equity. Here we go. Brian, welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me, Devin. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, in studio, too, for those of you listening, and we have the studio here now, and these in-person interviews are the best, so I, I uh, really appreciate you volunteering some time to come out. We're sitting at the $33 million table, so we like to call this. This came from <laughs> one of our apartment acquisitions oh, over okay. the last year, and um, we got the table out of it, so you know, nice. try, to, try to repurpose stuff. <laughs> But thank you for coming in. I want to dive into your story, what you're doing with multifamily. You've got Head Start Equity, your company. You've got you just closed a deal. Uh, gosh, last week, mm -hmm. right? Um, in San Antonio, closed another deal in Austin, and but you're relatively new to the business, and that's kind of why I wanted to have you in to give people some perspective that are in your shoes and it were, you know, my shoes a couple of years ago, working a corporate job, trying to find some other avenues. Why even pursue this? All this stuff. So cool. let's jump in for, for folks that haven't met you. Where'd you grow up? And you know, what's your background, your corporate background, and and what led you down this path that ended in buying some apartment buildings, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So born and raised in San Antonio. Uh, been here all my life. Um, but I think in terms of kind of what got me started with investing, uh, would, would go probably all the way back to like high school. Um, right. You know, when, with uh, one of those economics classes where they ask you to, to pick some stocks and, you know, kind of track those sure. for a few weeks or whatever uh, and in the paper kind of dating. Yeah, but paper, paper there, trading. But yeah. 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 And um, and so kind of did that. And then once I graduated, uh, started working for uh, Home Depot, actually. OK. Um, and worked there for a little while, but uh, found out that they had a discount for employees that buy stock. Okay. And, um, and so once I started learning about that, I went to the library, just started checking out books, just trying to learn as much as I could about investing in stocks, mutual funds, all those type of things. Right. Um, and at that point, then I, I realized, you know, I, I think I want to be a stockbroker. 
Okay. <laughs> and so kind of saw the money. I and, saw, yeah. I yeah. Saw, and, and just kind of liked the, the whole idea. You know, my family, we didn't really come from much. So, sure. um, you know, it was kind of a, an, an opportunity to, to kind of look at some other, other ways to do things. Right. Right. And um, so uh, decided that's, that's what I want to do. I want to be a stockbroker. So uh, got, got on with a large, one of the larger uh, financial services companies here in San Antonio. Right. Uh, actually started out selling auto insurance at first, did that for about a year and a half. Uh, and then was a stockbroker for about 12 years. Okay. Um, and so that gave me a lot of experience in terms of investing and kind of learning about that. Right. Um, prior to real estate. Right. So kind of what I like about it is it kind of gave me, gives me both sides of it. You know, the, the stock side of it and the, the real estate as, as I went, moved on. Right. Right. So you're getting acclimated with placing capital and riding markets up and down and trying to make uh, sound bets for your clients, things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was an interesting, interesting time. Um, I learned a lot. Sure. Um, but during that time, I also, which wasn't, it wasn't, it was shortly after I got that job that I ended up moving out of my parents' house and my dad was like, you need to find a fixer upper. Right. And so that was kind of my first experience into real estate. I bought a HUD foreclosure. Okay. So your town. dad was pushing you to oh, do it. Dad, yeah. Had yeah. he done some real estate? No. He just thought he never, it sounded he just, good. He, so he's a contractor by trade. Okay. Okay. He, he lays tile and he's been doing that since he was like 16 years old. So, so he's probably seen some investors come and go and yeah. flip houses, <clears throat> yeah. yada, yada. Yeah. So that, so that was, he, he knew there was value there. Right. Uh, even though he had never done it himself, he saw the value in it. So, so I bought a HUD foreclosure. It was a three bedroom, two bath, 1,231 square feet. Uh, you know, nice little gated community here in town. For right. Like $91,000. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, how'd that HUD foreclosure go? I I've heard about that. And I know some buddies used to do that. I've never done that. What, what did that process look like for you buying that house? So it's a sealed bid process. So you don't, right. you don't know what everybody else is bidding on it. So there's some, there's generally some calculations, uh, you know, a certain percentage of the ask is the minimum that they'll take. Right. Um, and so it's kind of part of it is kind of knowing what that is. And um, but this was this was back. Gosh, this was back. Uh, what was that like back in the mid 2000s? So, I mean, it was our early 2000s. So it was a while. It was a while back. Right. Um, but yeah, that so that that was really the first kind of foray into real estate. You know, it was a standard fixer upper, new flooring, paint type of thing. Um, and then I just kind of house hacked right away. As soon as I moved in, I had a roommate. Uh, who was renting a room from me. So you, you bought the HUD foreclosure mm -hmm. and then moved into it. Mm -hmm. What was your rehab budget on that thing? It, it wasn't much. So my dad does tile. So he was ah, with the tile and then, <laughs> you, you know, I did a lot of the painting and so it, oh, wow. it wasn't okay. much. So yeah, you guys did all the elbow grease mm -hmm. on that thing. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a small house. So it didn't take, didn't take, See, it was thousands of dollars. It wasn't a 50 K rehab right, budget, right. relatively new nineties construction, something like right. that. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Late nineties. Mm -hmm. It's kind of where a lot of those HUD, HUD houses fall. Yeah. So were light bulbs going off at that point? You move in, you got a roommate paying probably most of your mortgage, mm -hmm. right? I mean, mm -hmm. if you're splitting the market rent mm -hmm. on a house like that, that you created some value on, you're, I don't yeah. know, were, was yeah. your roommate covering the whole there, mortgage? Probably about, probably about a third of it. Yeah. yeah okay. So, yeah. So it was, it was, it was a pretty good deal. Sure. Um, and yeah. And, and so that, that's where I kind of learned a little bit more about the value of real estate. Um, right. And actually doing <clears throat> right. And yeah. once I, once I got into that, then I started thinking, well, you know, there's something to this. Mm -hmm. Um, so I went the same route. I think a lot of us have gone down, start doing single family stuff. Um, I did some flips. I've done about a dozen flips or so. Okay. Yeah. Um, bought about a dozen rental properties, which I still own. Love so, it. Um, when did you buy those single family rentals? Um, most of them were actually around 2008, 2009. Oh boy. So those are 
Yeah. Those are, you got those at some great prices. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It. Yeah. And that was back when they had a, they had a program called a VA Vindi loan program. They were, most of them were actually VA foreclosures. Wow. And, and they had a deal where you could get excellent rates with like only 5% down. I mean, they had great terms on these VA foreclosures. On the foreclosure? On the Boy, they just wanted them off the they books. They wanted them off the books. I right. had a bunch of them. So right. well, that was most of the properties, the single family properties that I bought were those kind. I probably shouldn't ask, what were you picking those things up for? Um, so I'm going to cringe. No, I mean, they were like the one fifteens, one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was these are houses that are worth twice that now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Do you guys, um, manage those yourselves? You got third party managers? No, I've always managed them myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a job. <laughs> it is. Uh, and it seems like 10 is kind of that threshold 10, yeah. 12 where yeah. you go, I don't really want too many more of these. Right. seems like that's, I mean, that's where I got to number of years ago. And it seems like for some reason that you get into double digits managing yourself, you can do it. You set up systems and software, people are paying online, mm -hmm. stuff like that. But you think about having 20 of those mm -hmm. 30, yeah. uh, you're hating life, right? Yeah. Well, and, and working full time at oh, the for same sure. time too. So it was, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where the flipping really, uh, you know, flipping was great. Right. Um, you know, it's great. You get that money real quick, but it's not great from a tax standpoint. Nope. Because it's ordinary income. Right. Um, and then once you're done with it, you got to do something with that right. money, you know. And, and you're writing checks the whole time, hoping there's one at the end for you. Right. 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 Which is tricky. Yeah. When you guys were flipping, were your, was your dad helping out on the construction side or were you? <laughs> no, he's actually too busy. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's too busy. Yeah. So you're out there rolling yeah. the dice with the contractor of the week or whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 I actually had built some good relationships with some folks over the years. Oh, that's so good. It, it worked out pretty yeah. well. That's hugely important flipping it is. houses. It is. Yeah. It's, it, it's, I got to laugh. This is such a, a common story. It's like you have a job because it's my story too. Right. And, and it, uh, countless other folks out there, but you have a job, you read a book or somebody introduces you to something, you go start doing some rentals and then flipping, and then you discover the kind of limitations there and you, you mm -hmm. keep scaling up. So I, I love it. But yeah. the flips, did they, they work out for you for the most part? Were you able to? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> They, I did really well on them. Yeah, um, awesome. There, there was one particular one that was uh, a train wreck. Yeah, um, but it, but uh, yeah. contractor issues or um, no, it 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 had um, so <laughs> I'll tell you a little bit of this story. It's it, it's it's kind of funny. Uh, so I it was a three hundred thousand plus house when okay. I purchased purchase price. Yeah, so it was uh, a big it was a big boy. So this was the, one of the biggest ones. I had a lot of lessons I learned from this. And this one. was like two thousand ten. Um, yeah, probably. No, this was a little bit later. So right. this was probably about 2013 or so, 2014. But you're on the big end of the, yeah. of the flip stuff. And that was one of my first, first times I started borrowing money from investors to do. Okay. Stuff. So you did private money on that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a cool. lot of private money. On yeah. Um, and it, it, <laughs> there was, there was challenges. I, I used what was called a home tender company to, they come in, they bring professional clients in mm -hmm. and they help cover the, the, uh, holding some of your holding costs, right? They bring in furniture, classy, classy furniture. And this was after, I've never heard of this home tender yeah. and you renovate it and then you're going to go put it on market and you bring these guys in. Right. Mm -hmm. So they come in They're They're like, they're, they're supposed to be pro professionals that just need somewhere to stay for a while. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like a doctor needs a house for three months or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So that was kind of your exit plan is this not quite a short term rental. Yeah. Not a that 12 was, month. That was just supposed to be while I'm trying to sell it. 
And it was, ah. it was meant to be a flip the whole time. I got you. Yeah. So you could still have showings. Wall. You could still have showings, right? Yeah. That's well, interesting. theoretically, yes. Yeah. I had problems with the look company good on that paper. I, yeah, I look good on paper, but um, when when people would come to show up, uh, the pool would be green because they weren't taking care of it. Uh, they would turn people away that already have a confirmed showing. And this like, is like a $500,000 house that I'm trying to sell. He's like, we're having dinner. Sorry. I know you have an appointment. Well, but, uh, it, it hit was the, hit the street. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> it was interesting because the home tender company, they had some pretty shady folks in there. I'll just put it that way. All right. Um, is this the name of the company or is this the no, name of what they do? That's kind of what they do. I've never heard yeah, of it. Yeah, it, yeah, and I would never recommend and it. And maybe that's why. Yeah, I would <laughs> never recommend it. it I yeah. think it, it ended, I ended up losing money. That was the only deal I ever ah, lost yeah. money on. Sure, And sure. Uh, it, it was a learning a learning process. I'll spare you a lot of the, a lot of the details because there's uh, a lot of extracurricular activities that were taking place. Ah, uh, yes, okay, yes, that's real estate. <laughs> it's funny how the money losing seems to be always be on the flips. Yeah. Like rental houses, I don't know, it's kind of hard to lose money on. Right. Apartment buildings, I'm not saying you can't lose money, but it's something about you got rental revenue. Mm-hmm. Sure smooths a lot of stuff out. But yeah. I've had some dogs over the years too. If I look at projects that I personally lost money on, it's been on a couple of flips. You know? Well, and those rental, when you're holding something for a while, you know, real estate's a very forgiving business. It can be very forgiving. You can make mistakes and you can make those up over time. Yeah. If you've got checks coming in every month, <clears throat> right. When you don't, yep. yeah, that's right. Yep. And you're paying 12% to your private lender or whatever. Right. Which right. is uh, a great deal. And, and I, you know, I started out the same way, you know, pri- private money. And that kind of got me comfortable to raise capital to do bigger deals, right, mm-hmm. over over years. What, um, how did you find your, your private lenders initially? And how did you structure that? So it was just some friends of mine, just yeah. some folks that I knew, um, friends of mine and my wife's. And um, sure. so, and, you know, I had been doing it for a while. So I've been, you know, at this point, I've been in real estate for about 20 years now. So, right. um, you know, I'd been doing it for a while before I actually started bringing on private private money. Right. Um, so I had a little bit of a track record. I could kind of show here's a portfolio of what I've done. Oh, love it. Yeah, nothing so, better than that. And yeah. your own personal comfort level right. with having done it, which I think is a really important piece of this is mm-hmm. you've got to be comfortable and confident yourself in order, especially if you're going to start raising other, other people's capital. Right. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So got in, did some flips, uh, did well with that. Still have the rental portfolio. I love game plan. I just hold that forever. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I mean, it's appreciated so much. Oh my I, gosh. I, I just don't want to get rid of it. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, one, one of the things that I did, I've always wanted to get into apartments. So I guess kind of in terms of the transition into apartments, right. Sure. Uh, I always wanted to do it, but I always looked at it like, you know, I have to do it all. And this is a common theme yes. that you hear, right? You have to, you know, you have to have all the money for the down payment. You have to, right. you have to manage everything. How, you know, how are you going to do all this? Um, and so that was kind of my thought for a long time. And so I kind of put it in the back of my mind for years. I didn't even, right. I knew I want to do it, but I just thought it was, wasn't possible really for somebody like me. Right. Um, and so it wasn't until uh, a few years back, um, uh, when we had kind of a significant event in the family take place, uh, my wife, um, was, so we have, a, we have a, I have a 10 year old daughter and a three year old daughter and, uh, my three year old was four months at the time. So this was a few years back. Right. And, uh, she was, she was breastfeeding and she noticed a, a lump and she was like, well, I've got a clog duct. So maybe it's just a clog duct thing. When that goes away, it'll be fine. Um, when that went away, the lump was still there. And, uh, so, uh, 
you know, she went to the doctor, ended up finding out she had breast cancer, 38 years old. Right. Um, super young. Right. Um, Scary stuff. It, it, it was, it was life changing. Um, and you know, what we, what we also found out is when you get breast cancer at a younger age, a lot of times it's more aggressive as well. Really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> so that really kind of changed our lives. Um, there was some real, you know, dark moments there for a while. It was kind of scary. Uh, but <clears throat> what, what it, what it did do is it, it made me and made us reevaluate kind of the path we're going down. Sure. Right. Um, and <clears throat> so, which was what, like the, you know, the path of go to school, get a job, work till you retire. I mean, is that, is that kind exactly, of the, exactly the traditional path, right? Traditional path. Yeah. Which, which a lot of us, uh, fall into, maybe nobody ever sat us down and explicitly told us we had to take that path. Right. But uh, what was it for you guys? Were your parents telling you to go do this or was it just kind of, it was just the default mode that you were going to follow? I think it was just the default mode really. Sure. Yeah. And you know, just the, the typical, you know, retire when you're in your late fifties, sixties type mentality. Right. Right. Um, but once, once that event took place, we kind of paused and stepped back and realized, you know, you, you don't know how long you really have. Right? Certainly. I mean, none of us do. Certainly. And, um, you got to take advantage of the time when you got it. So, so that's when I started thinking about apartments again. <laughs> right. Uh, and I, cause I, because over the years we had always thought, you know, okay, well, we, cause we had talked about retiring early at some point we were like, okay, so if we get this many single family houses, cash flow this much a month. And then, you know, and then it was just like, there's no way. It's a lot of houses. It's, yeah, it's Every like, time you do the math, you go, Oh boy, yeah. I don't want a hundred houses. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess real quick, I'll say too, she's cancer free now. So fantastic. So that's, that's great. Um, that's, yeah. that's great to hear. But, but so I, you know, I, I realized the apartments is probably going to be the better way to go. Right. Um, and so I started, you know, researching, you know, how do I, cause I still have all these single family properties with all this equity because I've had them for all these sure. years. And so my return on equity is horrible. I'm like single digit, low single digit return on equity. That's a really good point that you bring up, Brian. You know, you can have um, 10 houses paid off, whatever, which is great. That's a great position to be in that you have a lot of equity. And that's a better position than the person that doesn't have any houses right. or any equity. But it's still you have to look at your return on your net worth. So if you, if you're building this net worth, that's a wonderful thing, but it's, that's, that's just the next step. You know, you got to build the net worth and then you've got to find out a way to get a decent return on that net worth. And that's such a great point. And I think people tend to not talk about that as much, but it's a really great metric for your return on your net worth. Yeah. Um, and it's one thing to have all, all these paid down assets or low leverage, low leverage is great, mm -hmm. right? It's certainly a, a plus, but, um, you've got to look at your return on equity. That's a great point you bring up. So I just wanted to, I wanted to underscore that a little bit. So you've, you're looking at the equity in the houses saying, Hey, good job. Congrats. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> you know, throw, throw a party or whatever. Then the next day you go now, what? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like three, 4% return on equity. Sure. Right? So that's, sure. that's super low. Right. Uh, and I, and I knew I could do better than that. Right. Um, but it was a matter of how do I get that, get to that equity. Right. And so I started exploring, um, doing like a portfolio loan, you know, put all, put all the properties into one loan. Cause at the time they were all just in our name, personal, personal loan, uh, mortgages, traditional mortgages, 30 year. Right. Right. Um, and then COVID hit. And so then they pretty much kind of stopped doing those type of loans, uh, right. those portfolio loans, they paused them. 
<clears throat> and then were just, you exploring that, or you'd already I was like already open to you know a loan application, and we're pursuing that, or are you just kind of trying to get your ducks in a row to see what a cash out would look like? Yeah, I was. Well, I was talking to some lenders that were yeah. offering the product, and I was you know getting ready to to do it. Actually, I mean, it was it was just really bad timing the way it worked out with uh, with COVID. Just kind of stopped all that yeah you're telling me yeah oh well, yeah you know <laughs> not a good uh, not yeah. a good month there <laughs> but 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 it actually ended up being a good thing because okay. i ended up stumbling across a mortgage broker that was able to do a cash out refinance on eight of my properties all at once beautiful traditional 30-year mortgages outstanding so three and a half percent rate oh and gotta so, love it yeah and so i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do with this money but I know I can, I know I can do better than three and a half percent. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so to me, it was a no brainer. I, I had to do it. Even if I didn't have a, a plan set just yet. Right. Uh, I, I knew that this was my opportunity. Rates are low. Let's get that equity and I'll reinvest that. And, you know, is that a 30 year fixed on those yep. at three and a half? Ugh, high five, man. That is the <laughs> yeah. way to do it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, at one point I didn't want them in our personal, you know, personally guaranteeing them, but sure. You know, if, if you can get terms like that. I mean, I had to do it. So. Lock it up. Yeah, lock it up. And it just, I mean, a 30-year fix at sub-4 rate, uh, gosh, you got to love it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, you, if if I told you two, three years ago, that's what you're going to get, you'd look at me like I was crazy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Golly. We had some, we're refinancing multifamily right now that we have like in the mid-fours on the rate, mm -hmm. which I thought was amazing when we bought it. Yeah. You know? Uh, and now it's it's not amazing. You know? <laughs> mid-four yeah. rate's not amazing right. anymore. So right. it's just bizarre. But yeah, especially that stuff that you're going to hold long-term, lock it up. That's a beautiful thing. Pull out some cash, tax-free event, right. you know, those, exactly. that refi pro, those refi proceeds are, are tax-free. So, yeah. okay. It was a win-win, yeah. you know, keep yep. the properties and get to continue to appreciate over time. Cash flow. I mean, they still cash flow, even with all the cash out because of the rate and everything. They Love still cash it. Flow, so. Yeah. And then rents are, you know, crazy. Yeah. Rents are appreciating like everything else is appreciating. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And so, so that, that, so that gave me some capital. Right. And then I had this capital and then, I, and then I again started researching apartments again, but going down the path of trying to do it all myself. And then, uh, then just started stumbling upon apartment syndications. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I was like, Oh, this, this might have something to it. So I started listening to podcasts, um, reading, you know, getting some books, just looking on the internet. Just one, one thing about me is once I, once I kind of on, um, attack something, you know, I'm just all in, like I right. submerse myself in it. Right. Right. And so, you know, just listening to everything I could is any time I could. Um, and that's when, that's when I found out apartment about apartment syndications. Right. And, um, it's, it's been life changing. Really. Right. Um, so that was a light bulb moment for you when you figure out how you could structure those deals. Right. Mm -hmm. I know it was for me. I, I remember even after getting a lot of education as a conference, I went to that kind of spelled it out. And I thought I was a huge lightning bolt moment for me, mm -hmm. you know, and then, and then it was just off to the races after yeah. you could kind of see the matrix at that point. Like, Oh, this is how we structure this. Mm -hmm. These are the players involved. It's not, insanely complicated it's just you just have to know how to do it right yeah right. and and you know the thing is is i've always i've also always had a passion for um just to love talking about real estate and, and making people right. aware of the benefits of it right but it's it's a it's a different animal between single family you know doing flips and trying to bring in investors than it is in multifamily. 100 um, i feel like it's so much so much better uh for a lot of reasons for the investors in multifamily than it is in single family it's less risky for one right um but that 
I, I found that now I'm able to kind of pursue my passion more, which is to help educate people on the benefits of this stuff. Um, I wish I'd have known about it five, 10 years ago, right? It's the, the benefits are just, you know, the tax benefits, you know, annualized double digit returns, um, you know, and the great thing is for, for passive folks, you don't have to, you don't have to do anything. Right. It's completely passive, which as I was researching, you know, multifamily, one of my first ways, not only with the podcast and everything, but was to start investing passively myself. Right. Um, and so I've, it's a great first step. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're getting in the game, you're, you're focused, you're, it's your own capital at risk here. So you're, you're definitely paying attention right? and you can get on, uh, you can get on the bus, but you don't have to drive it and make all the decisions. Yeah, so. exactly. Was that eye opening for you being a, you know, what we call like a limited partner, passive investor in, in a multifamily deal? Was that it, it changed things for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was amazing because, you know, I, I, again, I always thought, you know, you have to, you have to have all this down payment to do it yourself. And, right. But, but these deals give everyday folks an opportunity to be able to invest in these large assets Love it. that you wouldn't be able to do normally. Right. That's right. Um, and again, you know, they're, they're safer in my opinion than the single family stuff, right? You, you, you have a, a vacant single family rental. You're a hundred percent Hundred percent vacancy, vacant. right? So, yep. Yeah, you don't you don't have that in in multifamily. So yep. Uh, so it it yeah, it was definitely a light bulb moment for sure. Um, and so I, I invested in a few different passive deals, uh, one in Phoenix and Orlando and and here. Right. And um, you know, just mainly to learn. And so sure. that was kind of my my first uh, investments into the multifamily space. Yeah, I love it that you're investing and you're probably going to end up with a fifteen or twenty IRR in your money. And that's yep. secondary, right? Like that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and it's in and of itself. Yeah. That's a pretty cool deal to be a part. Of. I'm just guessing, but it's probably how it's going to end up on those projects. Yeah. Um, and that's still secondary to, Hey, this is an educational thing. I want to mm -hmm. see how this is done. Mm -hmm. I want to see, and I remember going through this too. I want to see the reports that come out. I want to see the cadence of the reporting. I want to see what are they going to do to the, what are they going to do to the office? You know, what's the, what do the renovated units look like? Yeah. Just kind of get your head around the whole thing. Cause it is simple. Like, golly, we buy these apartments and you, it's a unit. There's not, you're not doing much. I mean, it's mm -hmm. flooring and paint and fixtures and, mm -hmm. um, but it's just such a big project. It's hard to get your head around. I think coming from, it was for me coming from that single family world yeah. to a 10, $20 million building. Yeah. When the mechanics of it actually, they're just units and the right. unit is pretty darn simple. Right. Simpler than probably stuff you did on your flip houses, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but uh, it, it, take, it takes some getting used to and being a limited partner passive investor is a great way to do that. So you got in with the express intention. Yes, place some capital, put it to work, get some depreciation, all that fun stuff. But mm -hmm. I want to see how these guys do it, right? And right. kind of follow along. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I, uh, I did that. And so I've, I've, and it actually, you know, it wasn't too long ago that I got into those deals. Um, so it, I, but like I said, once I kind of jump into something, you know, I'm, I'm all in. So, right. uh, from that point, you know, as I, as I started kind of getting some of those updates and learning a little bit more about the, the process, then right. I, uh, joined a mastermind group here, yep. um, and which you're familiar with. Um, but it, that, that really kind of opened things up a lot for me because, um, you know, when you're around like-minded individuals that have the experience, you can just ask, you know, if you have a question, um, you know, just it, it's, to me, that's a game changer. Right. Um, join, joining some type of a mastermind group because before that, 
it, it just seems like this nebulous thing. Like you just, you don't understand sure. it. But when you start, when you're in a group and you're talking to people on a regular basis that are doing it, it's like, okay, this is, this is real. This is attainable. It's possible. Um, and you know, it, it definitely helps keep you motivated as well. Um, and so that, that, that's been awesome. We're, yeah, I, I marvel at this because I've been a part of a number of groups over, over the years. You know, there's a couple of different groups outside of multifamily that I'm a part of, too, that I really attribute to any kind of success I've had because we just mimic our peer group, period. I don't know. It's just a human trait. <clears throat> you get in the room with these guys, gals, whatever, that are doing a certain thing. Mm-hmm. You're just going to start doing it almost by osmosis. It's a very strange thing. And I think it, it cuts both ways, right? I mean, you, you hang out with guys that are stealing cars or whatever. You're probably going to, you know, you're probably going to get wrapped up in that. You hang out with guys that are buying apartments left and right. You're probably going to fall into a deal, you mm-hmm. know, and it, clearly there's more to it than that. Right. But I, I think if you're looking at anything you can do to, to accelerate anything you're working on, is join a group, mm-hmm. whether that's fitness or buying apartment buildings or whatever. It's and I've always marveled at how almost strange it is. It's it's almost like osmosis, right? right? Just get in the room, get around these guys. I can't tell you exactly how ABC is going to happen, but it's it's going to happen, right? And then also the motivation. I call it positive peer pressure, mm-hmm. right? You're like, God, this guy, you know, just bought a twenty million dollar building, right? he's nice guy, but he's not that like, you know, and then this thing happens in your head where you're like, he's not smarter than that much smarter than me or smarter than me at all. And like, there's gotta be that transfer that happens, you know, and, and to, to kind of give you almost permission to say like, I can put, you know, I could put this together, but it's like, we almost have to see somebody else do it first. Mm -hmm. It's like monkey see monkey do. Oh, this guy could do it. I could do it. I could figure it out. Right. It's very weird, but I totally agree. I'm a huge proponent of getting in the right room. If there's anything that I am trying to do, I want to find somebody that's already done it and copy them. Yeah. That just seems to be the, the formula. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, joining that group gave me some opportunities, um, some sure. of my first opportunities, right. To, to be able to be a part of some deals. Um, Love it. Uh, one, one here in San Antonio, one in Austin. Um, and you know, it, that <laughs> I, you know, like I said, I just jumped in and, and, you know, I think you have to, and, and that's one of the things the mastermind group gives you is that confidence. Um, because did I know everything? No. Right. But I wasn't going to be afraid because uh, I think I've heard you mention it, other folks, you know, success is on the other side of fear, right? So 100%. And so, you know, you have to just go out there. And, you know, the funny thing is, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, I've, I've been doing the, the multifamily thing for about six months now. It, is that right? That yeah. sounds crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you're doing a couple of deals. You right. got this and that going. You got the company, start, your, your Head Start equities up and running, like mm-hmm. the whole thing. That's fantastic. Yep. yep. And, and, and about a thousand doors now. So. Outstanding. Congratulations. Thank you. That's, uh, that's really good to hear. I love it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's been interesting and you know, um, the, like I said, you just have to kind of get on the other side of the fear and, and just go for it. And it's, it's been a great learning opportunity for me. Um, so yeah. Have you found that as you've, um, gotten on the other side of whatever certain fear was over a certain piece and you get to the other side, have you found that you've kind of acclimated to it and, and you know, how has that experience been, you know, you can, we kind of get wrapped up in our heads about certain things mm-hmm. and then you do it and then you get the other side of it and it's a little, you know, 
kind of get used to it? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, what I've what I've noticed is that, you know, in the in the time I've been doing this, I've gone out of my comfort zone way more times than I did in the last 25 years, roughly in the corporate world. Interesting. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of that has to do with my it's my passion. Right. Right. It's I, I enjoy it. Um, not that I haven't enjoyed my, my corp, some of my corporate world stuff as well, sure. but, but everybody's got their own passion and what, you know, what really drives them. Right. And like I said, the, the bringing the opportunities to other folks, I really enjoy that. And so, you know, I think, and on top of that, the, my why, right. With of course, so we didn't talk a whole lot about that, but, uh, you know, part of the reason why, you know, we did, like I said, we kind of reevaluated our lives and what we were going to do and. So the, the goal is for my wife to be able to, to transition out of work, you know, earlier than your typical retirement age so she can spend more time with the kids. Outstanding. And so that's, that's the why. And so when you, when you add the why to the passion, you get those two together, it, it allows you to just overcome that fear. Right. And like just, I just kind of brush it aside. It's like, and right. you know, if, I, if, I, if I mess something up, I mess it up. I'll, I'll learn from it and move on. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna worry about that, so. There's something very powerful uh, in your testament of that, to having the why and then also having a tool or vehicle. Because I think either in on its own is not gonna is not gonna make the results that you want. Right. You can have the big why, I, I want more freedom or I want this, or in your case something very specific. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have anywhere to put that energy, Right. It's going to take you where you want to go. It's it's not going to go. And and conversely, you can have the vehicle, right? We talk about multifamily real estate investing as this vehicle for building wealth, frankly, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, mm-hmm. we could point to a million examples of that. Um, but without that passion behind it, especially getting started, because there's a real inertia and gravity to for all of us, especially, you know, you've been in a career for a while. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to, to break out of that and requires, especially in the beginning, a lot of um, a lot of energy. So I love the combination of the why and the vehicle to get there. And when you put those things together, um, I there's nothing better for me than watching that watching somebody get lit up and go <laughs> get after it. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I, and I love it. So yeah. um, it's a winning some winning formula. Yeah, some winning formula. Yeah, and I you know I just look at it like failure is not an option. Right. That's, that's, I, I repeat that to myself a lot. Yep. And so, you know, uh, if, if, if I start to feel myself getting a little discouraged by something, cause it's not going the way I want it to, then, you know, I just tell myself that and keep moving forward. As an entrepreneur, that's the mentality you have to have Yeah. because it's, and I, I liken it to a marriage. You can't question everything along the road. Am I in or am I out? You gotta be in and that's it. Yeah. And something that comes up, that's a challenge. You go, well, I'm in. So I don't know how I'm going to get on the other side of this thing, but I'm, I'm getting on the other side of it. Right. And that mindset, it's cliche to talk about mindset. Right. And it's kind of like, you have the, have the, <laughs> the, the winning mindset and you overcome anything. Well, the reality of that is you just have to kind of get kicked around a lot and keep going. And that's yeah. the reality of it. But that mindset of, uh, a failure, not being an option, especially in the beginning is uh, in my, that's critical. Yeah. That's critical. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and so that's, you know, that's, what's kind of helped kind of drive me through. And, um, and it, it, on top of everything else, multifamily is just fun. It's fun, right? <laughs> it's fun. It's exciting. Yeah. It's team know? sport. It, you yeah, got your yeah. partners are winning, you got investors, you know, and then mm-hmm. mostly deals you're, you're injecting a lot of capital into the community. 
mm-hmm. improving that, putting the, you know, creating jobs, putting staff on there. I love all that. I love all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so you've got, God, this is, this is exciting, man. You've got the deals done six months in, you've got a group that you're plugged in with, you're doing deals, general partner on multifamily deals. What's uh, you've got a target for your, your wife to be to home, you know, mm-hmm. in the, in sooner than, than a traditional retirement trajectory. What else are you working on? You know, what do you see kind of for the next year for your business and how you're, how you're growing that? And what do you, you know, what do you plan on doing? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I've heard, you know, some folks and goals are important. Don't get me wrong. For I, sure. Goals are important. Yep. But I, 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 for, for me right now at the point where I am and, and I'm really in growth mode and I'm, I'm not thinking too much. Okay. In, in a year I need X number of doors or right. whatever. Um, I'm just, I'm just trying to put all of my energy into it and take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of me. Love it. Um, and so I, I haven't set a clear, you know, I, I need this number of doors in this number of years. Um, I'm just, I'm just giving it everything I got. <laughs> right. And uh, that, that's kind of my mentality right now. Um, and there's, there's some other opportunities in the works too. So um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. So I love it. You're really building systems, which if you, you can build the system, it's going to deliver your goals. I think it can be almost frustrating to have a goal mm-hmm. of, you know, I want to buy X doors by this date or whatever. And while you're working towards that, you basically failing the whole time until you achieve it, mm-hmm. which is not a really a good way to live. And it's not good for your mindset. <laughs> Whereas if you're, if you're focusing on the system, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to talk to investors and I'm going to have partners and look at deals, you know, that stuff is going to deliver on all your goals and it right. might not be on a, a, a rigid timeline, which is fine. That's not mm-hmm. how it reality the reality of it is right but building this system building this company building you know the the brand awareness for your brand and building your investor database all that stuff is a system that will continue to deliver these things for as long as you as you want to right right yeah yeah and and, you know it's interesting because you know i'm generally i'm a very analytical person right and and i need to understand and i need to be 100 percent comfortable with something before i'll do it right i've had to really change my mentality in this space because you know it's you you don't have to be a hundred percent when you have a good team around you you've got other folks that you know have some additional experience that can help you along the way as well right um that's critical also so yep it is we talk about that a lot of having enough information to take the next step because it's easy to get wrapped around the axle on well, gosh, this is a five-year hold and what's going to happen here. And there's a million variables, which is all true, but you really just need the information to take the next step. Right. And if, if you've got that, okay, then from that next step, then you can evaluate, see if you have enough information to take that next step. But that's, that's a shift for me. That's a shift for, for a lot of people to, um, not have to have all the answers. It's like, I've heard it likened, you can drive San Antonio to Houston. You don't wait for all the lights to be green. Right. You know, you're going to have some red lights. (laughs) You know, but you know, you're going to Houston yeah. and let's go. Right. We know there's going to be some stops and, and things along the way, but, uh, you can't wait for them all to be green. You got to right. take action and move ahead. For sure. Yeah. Um, I love, I love that approach. Yeah. I love that approach. Well, let's, um, for folks that want to connect with you, learn more about what you're doing, your company, things you're working on, mm-hmm. how can they find you? So they can go to the website, uh, headstartequity.com. Uh, we've got a form on there they can fill out if they would like some more information. I'll contact them myself personally. Um, or they can send me an email, brian at headstartequity.com. Beautiful. Well, we'll link to that in the show notes. If you're listening, you can click through and go to the website. And um, 
I can't wait to, you know, I, I can't wait to talk again in another six months or a year, see what you're, what you've done. Cause you've got an awesome start to the, to the company. I love the journey that you've gone through. I love your why you've got a great vehicle here and, um, looking forward to your continued success. So Brian, thank you for, for jumping on today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Devin. Appreciate All right. It. Take care. You too. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. I hope you found that educational, entertaining, inspiring, all of the above. If you are interested in seeing future DJE investment projects and you are not already on our list and in our portal, uh, you can go to the website, djetexas.com. There's a little button there to schedule a 15-minute call with our team, answer any questions you have, and make sure you get on that list to see that next project that comes out. Also, if you're interested in being... Uh, an investor that runs these deals, we've got a free seven-module course for you at apartmenteducators.com. Uh, a lot of great free content there to ramp up your education in the multifamily investing space. Once again, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We always appreciate a five-star review. That helps the reach of the show. That's one way you can give back if you enjoyed it, and we'll see you on the next one. Take care. Thank you for listening to the DJE Podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.